So today she's going to share a little bit about that, her heart, uh, for people that are far from God or not connected to the church, and how God has given her the opportunity to bring people here to Christ Church where they can hear about Jesus Christ. So let's welcome Rochelle Arnold to the platform. Mike, can I just get a music stand? Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to be here. I love this church family. And so let me pray to start our time together. Uh, God, you know that these moments sometimes can feel a little scary. And and God, I I recognize, Dad, that I I feel scared sometimes because I don't want to let you down. So, God, I ask you to just wrap up this moment. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the parable of the lost coin. When I got this as my assignment for tonight, I was like, it's three verses. How hard can it be? Um, It is three packed verses. And when we pull it apart tonight, we're going to see that there's one verse in particular that is pretty meaty. Let's read it together here. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The woman is noted to have 10 coins. And our research tells us that those 10 coins represent 10 days' wages. So she realizes that she lost one of them. Therein lies my first point about this passage. The the search for this coin is urgent. It has to happen now. Now, I am a morning person. I don't like to do things after 9 o'clock at night. Truly, I would rather get up at 4 in the morning to get something done, then stay up late at night. So I can resonate with this a little bit and think about the urgency of this message. I think we might have a picture that I gave to Jeremy. Okay, so here's the woman. So let's think back to what time was like when this was written. She's got like clay or earthen floors. Uh, She doesn't just flip on the lights to look for something. She's got to light a lamp, not a candle, but a lamp. So there's like trimming of the lamp. There is oil involved. This is a process, but the urgency is there. And I make that point because that, I think, is one of the specifics of this passage. This search for the lost is urgent. This is really life or death. If we don't tell people about Jesus, they're going to spend eternity away from him. That's a big deal, and that makes our job very urgent. I love the, the story about the thief on the cross, don't we all? Um, you know, Jesus, in that, the thief on the cross, in his last moments, he's done nothing to deserve heaven, right? It's a beautiful picture that we can tell people. You don't have to do anything to des- deserve heaven. You have to just say, I believe that you are who you say you are. That's awesome. I'm really glad that people can have that experience at the end and can be with Jesus. But the sad part of that is, he didn't get to share that with anyone. We get to share that with everyone. That's the urgency of our message. It it has exponential potential. 
if we think about sharing it with others. Last week, if you were here, Mike shared a little story about how his mom came to know Christ and how that impacted his father and ultimately his family. I want to take that story one step further. So in talking to my mother-in-law about her experience in coming to know Jesus Christ and her experience of raising her son, um, there was a time, and she, she was able to go back, and I was like, can you tell me when that was? And she's like, well, Michael must have been 16 years old when a friend who was discipling her told her, you need to start praying for your kids' future spouses. Mike was 16. I met Mike when I was 24. But while we were listening, I was listening to that story, I realized I was 15 when Mike was 16, and I was at a church camp where I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior that summer. She, the urgency that Sonny felt to tell my mother-in-law about a relationship with Jesus Christ impacted my husband, his family, me, my family, and it creates this spiritual family tree. I think we talk a lot about, we hear about, people are really into like lineage and stuff now, you know, ancestry.com and finding out where we're from, and that's great. I don't want to look back, I want to look forward. And I think that what's more exciting than figuring out where we came from is creating this spiritual family tree so that when we get to heaven, we're like, no kidding. I was sharing Jesus with that person, and I wasn't seeing any fruit, and it actually worked out. They came to know Jesus, and look, now we're all part of this family tree together, this spiritual family tree in heaven. The second point that I want to make in this passage is that searching for that coin was a disruption. I have a feeling that that woman didn't wake up that morning and go, yeah, today I'll grind some grain. Maybe I'll go to the well and get some water. Maybe I'll do some washing of the clothes down at the river, and I'll search for a lost coin. It, it doesn't go like that. It was an interruption, right? We see the interruption. The last thing she probably wants to do is get down on her hands and knees and start sweeping out the house and looking for this coin. But isn't that when so many of these conversations happen? When, you know, especially with your kids, like, it's late at night. I told you, after 9 o'clock, I'm done. And my kid comes in, and it's like 10 o'clock, and she's like, Mom, can we talk? <sighs> my schedule at work, I can see. I like color blocks on my little schedule on my computer, and it's just packed. And, and someone I work with comes in and is like, Hey, Rochelle, can we talk? <sighs> yes. I'm going to let that, I'm going to lean into that interruption because that could be a spiritual moment waiting to happen. Why? Because it's valuable. It is valuable to lean into that moment. The third point I want to make from this passage is that it is work. Now, the woman doesn't light the lamp, and the lamp doesn't have magnetic properties that draw the coin to the lamp. She has to take the light to the lost coin, in the same way that we have to take the light to the lost coin. And if you see that picture again, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to ask you to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's work. We have to put in the work to find the lost coin, to take the light to the lost coin. So how do we do that? Well, when I was a camp counselor, I worked a couple summers at a church camp, and they told us, you have to be ready at all times to share your testimony or to the gospel message without notes or notice. Okay, I can do that. 
I bet everybody else in this room can do that. But that's different than making intentional decisions to let those, those moments happen. They rarely, like people, I don't know about you, nobody has really come to me and said, hey, Rochelle, would you like to uh, share your testimony with me? Um, how about the gospel message now? No, it doesn't happen like that. We have to be intentional with the light to create those moments. Now, some of you might say, Rochelle, I don't talk politics and I don't talk religion. Yeah, neither do I, but I will talk about salvation. And I will talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I will talk about the God that made me and loves me and the Savior who died for me. And that's not religion or politics. That's life or death. And it's important that we share those conversations. So there's a couple of ways. I want to give us some like real tangible things. This isn't everything. Hopefully in your small groups when you break out, you can talk about more of these things that you can do together. I'm going to give you some things in my life that have worked. First and foremost... This church really tees us up to invite people to church. If you can't find something to invite someone to here, you're trying not to find something. I have never seen like so many things offered at a church. And I'll tell you what, I know, I know what we're like. We will tell someone about a new restaurant, a new app on our phone, a new store. Oh, we're happy to talk about that. So why don't we talk with the same fervor about the cool stuff we have going on here? I know lots of young families who are always looking for something to do with their kids to get their kids off their phones. We have Oh What Fun coming up. And guess what? At Oh What Fun, we have a gospel presentation that's going to happen. And they're not even going to know it. It's going to be beautiful. Invite them to come. It's easy. We're teeing you up. So the statistic is like 80% of people will say yes to an invitation to church around Christmas. 80%, good odds. I say, play those. <laughs> Ask someone to come to church. Truly, I believe that you'll be surprised when people are like, yeah. And another thing that I think is really important, I know this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I think that a lot of people who have grown up with difficult church experiences, they're afraid to come in. And why are they afraid? Uh, like, I have to tell people, hey, listen, I would love for you to come to church. And let me tell you, nobody's going to make you stand up, wave your hand that you're new. We don't make you sacrifice a chicken until the second Sunday. <laughs> but truly, like you can tell them, you're not going to feel uncomfortable. There's not going to be anything that happens in that service that you're not going to be able to participate in and feel okay. You're not going to feel like, oh, everybody's looking at me like I don't belong here. Because it's scary. Make sure that you're willing to walk that with them. Join them. Tell them, let's go out for lunch afterward. So that's one thing. Invite them to something here. Look for other opportunities to share. So a lot of times, you know, we're all reading cool devotional books or other books that have, like, impacted us spiritually. I think giving someone a whole book is a lot sometimes. Like, somebody gives me a book, and I'll be like, that's great. I don't have time. But what I have found to be really interesting is I, I read a lot of devotionals that have like just two short pages, and I'll be like, I know this person at work would really, really identify it with this. So I make a copy of that. Dear Molly, just wanted you to know I read this this morning, and it made me think of you in a situation you're going through. Just want you to know I'm praying for you, and I love you, Rochelle. And I'll give it to them, and we'll talk about it later. 
And they'll say, where did you get that? Oh, it's a devotional book that I read every morning. It only takes me a couple minutes. It just kind of centers my day, gets me a chance to, you know, talk to Jesus and get focused before the craziness of work starts. Next thing I know, she's like, I really enjoyed that. And then I give her the book. So I've teed it up a little bit. Um, Do some cool things like there was a family in my church and they would give like scholarships. They were like sneaky givers. I love this. They would give scholarships for kids to go to camp. They weren't real scholarships. They were just paying for kids to go to camp. But then people didn't feel like they were given a handout. But they were like, hey, I know about this scholarship. I would tell people at work, I know about the scholarship. Your kid can go to camp two weeks without your kid. Doesn't that sound awesome? <laughs> I mean, tell me what parents are not into that. And they're going to learn about Jesus. But it was pretty sneaky, but it was pretty cool. And I've seen a lot of people um, have a really cool experience with things like that. So um, we have to create some opportunities, too. Uh, we, we did this thing in our house, and, and it's kind of continued through our life. One day I was... I was watching the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving story, you know, the one on TV where they eat buttered toast, popcorn, pretzels. That's what we have at Thanksgiving at my house. And because um, I don't cook. Um, so I started this thing where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to invite my neighbors and their kids, have them come over. Those are the snacks we're going to have. We're going to watch that. And then we're going to pack boxes for Operation Christmas Child. This has been going on with my family now. I've done it somewhere for the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And now I'm doing it at my workplace. And, and I'm blown away by the fact that like people are coming into my office and going, explain this to me. There are kids that are only going to get this shoebox for Christmas. People don't have an understanding of how dark our world is, but how much light there is to be had when you know Jesus and you get to be part of the world of light. Create those opportunities. And finally, be open to new opportunities. I love when people come to our door who are like LDS, Mormons, (laughs) Jehovah's Witnesses. Michael like go to the door and he'll be like, yep, she's in here. (laughs) And I'll be like, come in. And he's like, you're in for it. I just want, listen, I'm going to share the, they don't have the light. I mean, I'm not slamming my door on their face. They're going to hear. Now, they're not going to believe me, truly. I have all these friends. We lived in Las Vegas for a while. I have all these friends that I share Jesus with every week. And did I ever see anything come out of that? No. But that doesn't mean that God's not using it. And it doesn't mean that when the rubber falls out from under them, when the floor falls out from under them, that they're not going to think back to like, I remember Rochelle saying something about that and try to seek the truth. We have to take those moments. There was this cool moment when we lived in Las Vegas. Um, I, I know sign language, and I was teaching Elena sign language growing up, and we had a checkout person at Walmart who is deaf, so I'd always pick her line. Mike's smiling and laughing right now because I'd always pick her line, and we would sign, and she would sign with, with Elena, and I would sign with her. And finally, I was just like, you know, you want to come to my house for dinner? And I invited her over to dinner. Poor Mike was so, like, the whole time, because I'm translating back and forth. And, and, but, but, like, who knows? I don't, I invited her to church. I don't know if she ever made it there, but, but we shared the light with her. God doesn't tell us we have to show fruit. He tells us, go be the light. And, and he'll take care of the rest. I promise you, 
he will. So we can't forget the final verses in this passage. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. There are people that you and I will get to hug in heaven who didn't see us come to know Jesus. There is an old woman who shared Jesus with me from her front porch when I was just a little kid, and she never saw me come to know Jesus, but I will hug her around the neck, and she's part of my spiritual family tree. Sunny, who shared Christ with Mike's mom. I believe she was part of my spiritual family tree, telling my mother-in-law, you know, about Jesus and somebody else telling her to pray for Mike's future wife. Um, People at my home church who gave money so that my family, so kids in my family, could go to a church camp where we could hear about Jesus. Those people are part of my spiritual family tree. And I don't think anyone in this room will disagree that the outcome, that eternal life for someone It's worth the small amount of interruption or work we're going to experience. Let me pray for us. Lord God, let us remember that those lost coins, they represent people. Lost ones that you would like to see in our heavenly family tree. God, give us sight for that. Give us creativity for that. And give us boldness for that as we seek out the ones that you have before us. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.